Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. <laughs> Get to go. Lovely. Well, I actually just did a wee Instagram stories there to tell people that I am speaking to a stylist today and I've never had a stylist on the podcast. Yeah, that's really exciting. I think um, something someone said to me, a photographer, was that a stylist in Scotland is like a unicorn. I think there's not many of us, <laughs> but it is yes. But it is my dream job and I think more people should be doing it. So I am speaking to Styled by Alice, Alice Cruikshank. And Alice, I discovered you, here's the sentence that prefaces everything that I say these days. I discovered you on Instagram and was just bowled over by your style, colour. Oh my goodness, like amazing colour and print. But then delving deeper, then I was like, I'll need to know more because we're talking like not just buying everything you love. It's about curating and it's about buying ethically and styling what you have and all of that goodness that I'm totally into massively so yeah I've got like so many questions <laughs> I, I often quite like to start kind of chronologically mm-hmm. as like a young person like where you into like what you were wearing you know some kids just like you know look like they fell in their wardrobe and come out wearing something or you know some kids are really like conscious of what they want to wear and how they express themselves what was it like for you as a kid yeah so I was born in 94 um so when I was getting dressed up I know <laughs> when I was getting dressed up that was like the early noughties which is now obviously right back in fashion and when I think back to when I was like seven eight nine ten I was quite a chunky kid I was tall as well but because I was uh, you know a bit more developed I was wearing like women's size eight clothes when I was like eight years old so I actually had a really good closet and there's one thing that always sticks in my mind and I'm like oh my god I wish I still had them and um, I had these knee-high purple cord boots with like glitter all through them and a chunky block heel and oh they were the dream <laughs> my goodness they sound it Right? I wish I'd held on to those. Um, But when I think about it, that was when I was little. And I think when I was about 14, 15, 16, I kind of quashed the Alice-ness, as a lot of teenagers do. And I was like, no, I need to conform. I need to look a certain way. Believe it or not, I used to have blonde hair. I used to fake tan. I used to wear teeny little mini skirts and Ugg boots. Like, basically everything that's the antithesis of what I stand for now was kind of my vibe in my teens. And yeah, I think it took me a while to kind of unlearn that, but I've definitely got my own style back now. And that is amazing. I think you're right, though. I think that's just something that we all go through as a teenager. I mean, I think my my style has definitely even developed as an adult. Like if I look at photographs, like, I don't know, what, 15 years ago? I'm like, geez, oh, like, what am I wearing? Like, But I think we all go through that transitional period of like just trying stuff out. And it is really hard even as an adult, to not be influenced by what is in, in inverted commas, I think. And, you know, like you look back at your style choices of yesteryears and sometimes you're a bit like, what was I thinking? But I think we all have to go through that. Yeah, definitely. I think that is kind of the main thing about trend dressing, isn't it? When I was younger... I knew so many people whose parents, my own mum probably, were like, oh, when I was younger, I used to look amazing and now I don't know what to wear. And I just had in my head, okay, it's going to get to an age where I'm just not going to wear nice clothes anymore. But I figured out what happens is a lot of young women are so captured by trends that they all they do is Mr Topshop dresses them Mr New Look dresses them and then as they get a bit older because they no longer kind of fit that demographic and they've lost the opportunity to kind of develop their own style because they've had it fed to them by companies like that they get to an age and they're like I don't know what to wear anymore so I'm just not gonna try and I do not believe in that I think everyone can look stylish everyone has their own style and when you kind of take trends out of the equation, you actually learn what that is. And it is the most invigorating and freeing thing I could ever tell you to do. Well, you can just feel the passion as you're talking about it. And is that 
what drove you to then basically curating this this career for yourself like you've I read on your website that you had started in like fashion blogging so was that you just documenting what you were wearing and what you were interested in in terms of fashion and styling and all that world yeah I always say my career history is very long and complex especially considering I'm only 26 I've kind of had a lot of jobs in that time um but my background is journalism so when I was at school studying fashion never crossed my mind never even considered it I think I don't agree with this but I think it's very much pushed on you if you're an intelligent person you need to do something very academic so I fell into journalism which has a lot that I really love a lot that I identify with Um, and I always thought well maybe be like a fashion writer or something so I kind of pushed myself down that way when I was at uni And then I got this amazing once in a lifetime opportunity to intern with a magazine in New York. Um, So I was there for a summer and it was just crap. I was like, nothing about this is like ugly Betty at all. This isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) What? I was getting all excited there. Man, right. Okay, tell us about that. You can't buy this magazine. It is sent to you if you live in a salubrious enough address, basically. So it's very much the Upper East Side, Upper West Side, people that holiday in the Hamptons. So on paper, I was like, oh my God, this is like the best thing I've ever done. I remember stressing so much about the clothes I was going to take with me to New York. And I did that experience and I was just not inspired. But anyway, I came back, I finished my degree in journalism, I worked in PR, and then I worked in sort of multimedia content marketing type stuff. Um, I decided I really wanted to work in TV because I always loved that side of it on my course. So I moved to Manchester to pursue TV opportunities. And I always kind of describe to people, journalism and me, straight journalism anyway, isn't so much putting a square peg in a round hole, but putting an oval peg in a round hole. Like I could have made myself fit, but something just wasn't aligning with who I was. So I kind of had, well, I didn't kind of, I did have a massive mental breakdown and I was like, God, I don't know what to do. Proper quarter life crisis. Um, Ended up moving back in with my parents, was like, that's it. My life is over. I don't know what to do. And I started working for, I suppose, an ethical fashion business. So they don't market themselves really as that. And I think at that time, my own kind of attitude to my wardrobe was changing I just felt like there's something in this for me. I just love it. I love it so much. I started to get opportunities to do visual merchandising type things. And I just, I ended up doing a diploma in fashion styling just remotely, just more kind of for something to do, for something fun to do. And I remember saying to people, oh, I'm studying this wee diploma in fashion styling. And every single person was like, that's what you have to do. Like, I can't believe you're not doing that already. It's literally made for you. And I'm a big believer if everyone says you're meant to do something, that's a sign from the universe you're meant to do something. And here we are. <laughs> this comes up time and time again, that idea of like what you think something's going to be and then quite often isn't. And whether that's in a positive way, like it's better than you thought it was going to be or it's nothing like it. And, you know, and it feels like, oh, this is like such a failure. You know, you going to New York and building that and why you why wouldn't you you would obviously think that this was going to be the best opportunity ever to mm. go and do that with that magazine and then for it not to fulfill all those expectations you had for it that like that comes up so much in the podcast that you it's almost like we need to go over these hurdles we need to experience these moments of like I've done journalism and I don't want to do journalism or it's not quite right for me I, I love that analogy of like the round peg and or oval peg and round hole I think sometimes there's no avoiding these experiences and they teach us what we absolutely should be doing and I guess like you doing journalism you'll have brought that into your brand and everything you're doing now because you are a brilliant writer like what I've read of yours is absolutely wonderful so that's not been wasted Mm. time doing your degree I would imagine. Thank you so much that means the world. (laughs) Yeah I think for me I had to do a lot of unlearning about what success means like for the longest time when I sort of gave up journalism and I was working my wee retail job I felt so much shame like I didn't want people to ask me what I did because I was like I don't want to tell them I'm a shop girl and I never was just a shop girl it was completely more than that but 
I had it so ingrained into me that, you know, to have a first class honours, to have done this, have all these amazing experiences, to like done stuff with the BBC, to then go and work in a shop part time, I had failed. And as soon as I shelved that mindset and I got over myself, all these amazing opportunities came to me. And like, I have never felt more aligned to anything. Like I wake up up every day and I'm like, I love my life. I love my clients. Yes, my business is still growing. There's things that can be better. There's more things I want to pursue, but I literally could not be happier that all those experiences have kind of helped me wind up where I am. Oh my goodness. I mean, what a statement to be able to say. Like, I think a lot of people would just be listening right now going, right, well, how did I find that thing for me? And when you were saying about that whole academic, you know, you're good at school, you're getting the grades, like, it's almost like that uh, that aspect of, yeah, if you're academic, then you will go into academic subjects. And quite often, the creative industries are overlooked. Mm, I think for me, fashion you know very much the the paradigm with being into fashion and the noughties was all very Paris Hilton like it was all airheads it was tacky it was oh my god like I don't want to ruin my shoes sort of attitude and I think all of that totally put me off and I never saw it as a viable career I never really sort of pursued my own style as well as we discussed because of just societal pressure and all that But yeah, I've always been passionate about the creative industries, um, like drama, music and all that at school was just my favourite subject. And I feel like the kind of the way you're driven at school is that you must, your career will be one thing. Whereas, yes, I'm a stylist, but, you know, I am filming my own videos every day. I'm using the journalism there. Like I run a podcast. I'm using my journalism skills there. I am writing my own web copy. That's the marketing side of things. I am having to be a great communicator to work well with clients. So it's cliched as it is. It's that whole rounded experience of university or whatever you do like life experience you just never know where it's going to take you and every experience is valuable really yeah it's all those transferable skills that you've then brought them all together to be able to provide this well-rounded package and like looking at your content on social media and looking at your website it's all well aligned like you know who Style by Alice is and it's clear and it's positive and it, it feels really like engaging and that but it's like not scary like not super polished and like this is only for the elite like that magazine you were talking about in in New York it's not that you know it was very inviting like right away I was like I want to know who that girl is oh thank you so much yeah I think having personality is the biggest thing I've learned like people don't buy your service they buy you I know that there's stylists out there who have way more experience than I do who are more established but whenever a client comes to me they always say I just felt like really invited by you I felt like I got to know you I was really into your ethical standpoint that's different so I think you just have to kind of be true to who you are as a person and that always 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 works out even though it doesn't feel like it to start with maybe I think if you are just true to yourself that's when magical things happen (laughs) so true so true people do buy people yeah and just if you put your best like foot forward and you put your best self forward like people will warm to you quicker than rather than putting up this this front even with this podcast like sometimes I listen I'm like Lisa why are you talking about yourself like you're supposed to be having a conversation about this person but then I forget that people might be remotely interested in me once in a while it's almost like that narcissistic side like you don't want to be like oh it's all about me but actually that's what people buy into because you are a nice person and you have great qualities you're going to have to interact with your clients if you're styling them or you're helping them to style themselves so surely they need to feel like they know who you are 100% and I think that's the magic of social media like don't get me wrong Instagram is so problematic there's so many things I'm like oh I can't believe I have to run my business through this platform but it has been so eye-opening for me like so many of my friends I've met through social media I have so many people that I interact with every day I feel like people that follow me there is a connection and none of that would have happened if it weren't for Instagram and just the chance to be creative as you know I love to get dressed up and post pictures and it's just a platform to do that I remember back in the day it was lookbook that was like the precursor which I loved 
but there wasn't that social element as much. Instagram, I spend far, far, far too many hours a day on Instagram. I'm your pal. Yeah, (laughs) but it's just kind of one of the cornerstones of my business. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, there's all these messages, like, you know, get off, you know, social media, and that, that you know, I put on a post last night about um, comparison being the thief of joy, and I, I do feel like an Instagram, well, I don't know if it's just how I've, again, using that word, curated my own feeds, but, like, I feel like it's a really positive, supportive space, and I've met a lot of my podcast guests via Instagram, like yourself, whereas I know other social media platforms maybe don't feel they're as supportive and inclusive. And um, but I, I definitely can vouch for what you're saying in terms of Instagram. Like it's a great way to promote yourself and promote what you're doing and build a community and build obviously a brand. When you're building a brand, styled by Alice, there must just be so much to think about in a day like never mind a week and a month and a year and and that growth you're saying you know it's here and I want it to be there like where did you start when you were thinking about ah ah, this is I'm serious about this I'm going to I'm going to actually do this yeah so I have been fashion blogging for a long time now just in a very minor way like when I look back at my old content I'm like oh my god (laughs) what was that but everything has to start somewhere and I feel like if you were to get like a business coach or someone would look at my Instagram and be like, oh, you're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. But I only do what feels right to me. So I think showing up every day is essential, but I only do what feels right to me. I'm not all about sales funnels and, you know, converting DMs and all that, although I'd make more money if I did. Um, But I feel like the right people are attracted to you. So I just kind of do what feels right to me. I create conversations with people and they respond well to that. And I just use it as a place of joy and creativity. (laughs) Well, you do, because that's how I was, you know, compelled to message you and get you on the podcast, because that's the vibe that I got. So in terms of your business, what do you offer? And I know that we're going to get to like, what you said was like a turning point for you I read on your website when you were thinking more about ethical fashion and sustainability and shopping more consciously what what do you offer exactly because I know it's not just like oh, I can put a mean outfit together. Sure so I think another reason it took me a long time to kind of become a stylist is something about the very nature of a stylist just didn't quite sit well with me and that's not shitting on any other stylist like you know there is a place for that but the kind of basic role of a stylist is to tell you what things to buy to look better and we can't just keep buying clothes and if we are going to keep buying them we have to be aware of where we're buying them from and the impact of those garments so I wanted to create a business that was a bit different so I have two main offerings when it comes to working with everyday people for want of a better term. So I have my Curated by Alice service, which is completely online personal shopping. And how that works is you fill out a questionnaire when you sign up, you just tell me about yourself, your style, your measurements, kind of what you're looking for. And I will then peruse my database of, I think I have about 200 brands now, um, ethical and sustainable brands, all based in the UK. And I will match you up to ones that I think are right for your style. I know that for me, the reason, well, one of the reasons I held off medical fashion for so long is I had this image that it was hemp and linen and beige and a very specific aesthetic that is the complete opposite of me. So I wanted to create something that proves to people you can still be stylish, you can still have your own style, you can be colourful, effervescent, or if that's not your style, if you do prefer more bohemian vibes, if whatever your style, there are brands doing things differently that will work for you. But I think that's kind of how I expected that service to kind of start and end, was just pairing people up with brands. But what I found with my customers is they still want that styling help. So as well as matching you up to the brands and giving you product recommendations, I will also explain to you how you could wear them. I will create a capsule shopping list for you I will provide a mood board so just to kind of get you inspired by clothes again but that product is still more shopping based whereas I do also offer wardrobe consultations this was like a face-to-face service and that will resume again when it can 
But the joy of everything kind of being online and Zoom and stuff is I can now offer that remotely. So you don't have to live in Edinburgh. I can do that wherever you are. Um, And that's more about working with the clothes you already have. The most ethical garment is the one you already own. So I want to help people find clothes that work for them. And I think most people are just a bit lost when it comes to style. They do know what they like, what suits them. They know what colours work for them. They just need someone to kind of put those pieces together. And that's what I try and do. So we kind of work from your wardrobe first. I will help you put together outfits. And then whatever gaps there are, I will then say, you know, you really benefit from this or have you thought about buying this? And then we've got three outfits here. And I will then, as much as possible, try and point you towards those items from ethical brands. I am really passionate about empowering people through their clothes. I think from all of fashion's bad parts, what we wear is such an intrinsic part of our identity. And there's no getting away from that. Realistically, we're never going to all just walk about in beige boiler suits and just have one outfit like we love to express ourselves even if you think you're not into fashion you still chose what to put on today unless you're wearing a work uniform and even then you might wear your uniform slightly different from your colleagues so what we wear is such a key part of who we are and I want to kind of help people recapture that the thing with the fashion industry and fast fashion is it's busy telling you what to wear whereas I want you to tell other people about yourself through what you're wearing. And it's sort of recapturing that sense of joy and personality. Love it. You know, I think things are moving on and for the better, hopefully. You know, you're seeing people in adverts, models of varying shapes and sizes and more diversity. Not, not There's not enough of that. There's not enough of that for sure. We all know that. But um, yeah, it's like almost like some people don't see themselves on an ad for whatever shop it is so it's like well how can I wear my outfit like that because I don't have that body I don't look like that model and I think what you're doing is like you're saying it's empowering people to be like yeah it's how you're gonna wear your clothes not how that model looks 100% and it's also not how I would wear the clothes that's the thing I think when people like I have a very distinct style but if you come to me I'm not just going to put you in an outfit that I would wear I need to work with you what you have what your style is and sometimes it's so simple and I think that's another reason I sort of didn't go straight into styling is what is easy to me you know to think well if that jacket was just a bit shorter or maybe if we pull out that color just comes to me second nature but it doesn't to everyone and sometimes all you need is just that little extra thing and I don't just work with young people I don't just work with people who are you know conventionally slim or who you know only buy expensive clothes I want whatever you look like that should not be a barrier to you expressing who you are spot on I couldn't agree more. And I was I was watching your Instagram video the other day there where you had been on the most productive charity shop. Yeah. <laughs> so impressed. So um, I do a lot of my shopping in charity shops, right? So and my husband calls it deed people's clothes. Yes. I mean, it's not always incorrect. <laughs> so, every, <laughs> so every time I come back, we're like something, he's like, oh, I agree. We are deed people's clothes. And I'm like, well. I'm giving them another lease of life, but massively was into what you were doing there. You'd brought this amazing trench coat and it's like such a staple item in someone's wardrobe that you could wear that every day of the like the next season. Do you know what I mean? And you'd found the most, I think it's behind you right now, the most perfect black short jumper. That is the joy of shopping in like charity shops as well is because you're giving clothes a new lease of life that someone doesn't want anymore but also you're finding stuff that's not necessarily in the shop right now because it's from seasons ago or from years ago yeah 100% I think I mostly for my secondhand shopping will use things like eBay or Depop because I have a very clear idea of what I want like I'll just get in my head one day I want some lime green flares like I don't know I'm just like that's what this outfit needs. So I'll then search like eBay and Depop for lime green flares. And realistically, you can't just go to a charity shop and be like, today I'm going to buy some lime green flares. But as you pointed out, I did find the most niche thing that I was looking for. <laughs> to kind of explain, I have this amazing um, knitted maxi dress that's printed. And I, oh my God, I love it so much. I was like, I need something to kind of dress it down, you know, be so good. A cropped black 
puff-sleeved sweatshirt. That's what this outfit needs. Like, who owns that? Who's even made that before? (laughs) And I went to a charity shop and there was a cropped black puff-sleeved sweatshirt. So I bought that, was it $4.99 is what I paid for that. And it is exactly what I envisaged in my head. And my outfit is Mm. <laughs> I mean, it was it was perfect. It really was. But and I just love the energy in that video that you 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 were you were so excited about what you discovered, and it was exactly what you were looking for. I think that's where I'm going wrong. When I do go to like a charity shop, I'm usually going. I'm looking for this specific thing. It doesn't often happen that you do find it, but I just enjoy that kind of hunt. You know, I've got umpteen things in my wardrobe that I wear constantly that are second hand, and. I know that more people are open to it now and getting their heads around it, but there's still some people that are like, I would not shop in a charity shop. And I'm like, but why not? Or I wouldn't shop second hand. I wouldn't go into eBay and, and buy something that someone else doesn't want anymore. And I'm like, what is it about that that you just, you, you're not into? I don't, I don't understand it. Like you, you'll try something in a shop that somebody else has tried on. Several people have put on their body and taken off. Why would you not go and buy from a charity shop? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I I do understand it. And I think it's something that I probably struggled with myself for a while is we unfairly have this view as a society that charity shops are where poor people shop. And it's kind of that snobbery doesn't mean you're a snob, but it's been ingrained in us by society that those clothes aren't good enough. Or if you buy those clothes, then you obviously don't have a lot of money. And I think it's amazing that a lot of influencers, especially are kind of bringing about this resurgence of charity shopping it's becoming cool I would say though if you are going to embrace charity shopping you still need to be careful you don't buy things just because I think when you first start charity shopping you're like oh my god this dress is like five pounds I must buy it well no if it's not your style if you're not going to wear it you buying that isn't actually a good thing and you buying something to just send it back to a charity shop isn't necessarily a good thing either we can't shop secondhand clothing with a fast fashion mindset that is a huge problem yeah I had this conversation last year with Jill from Law Design Studio and she was saying like you know it's not as easy just to say to people stop buying fast fast fashion because it's not everyone that can afford to buy from smaller brands or you know that are more bespoke things that are going to be more expensive it's not everybody that's going to be able to get their own and their family's wardrobe from their local charity shop but yeah it's that more mindful aspect wherever you're shopping whether it be online whether it be in a shop whether it be in a charity shop that you think about your purchase like do I need this because if you're only going to wear it once and then send it to a charity shop then that's not great either it's more about the mindfulness around purchasing like is this going to be something that I'm adding to my wardrobe that I'm actually going to use I'm going to wear it a lot Yes, absolutely. And that was something I wanted to make very clear in my content on Instagram. I know maybe some people maybe think I take a bit of a soft touch to the issues of ethical fashion. And it doesn't mean that I don't find them serious. I absolutely do. And it's something I go into a lot more detail in my own podcast. But the average person just wants to be a bit better. They aren't really going to engage with content about why, you know, we need to get to this post-capitalist society, to fight neocolonialism, if there's ever going to be changes. Like, all that is totally true. But for most people, that's just not going to work with their everyday lives. So if you do buy from high street brands, I'm not judging you. But if you are buying hauls of clothing that you're only wearing once for Instagram and then sending it to charity shops, I think you need to be aware that that behavior does have consequences and there's no running away from that just because you enjoy fashion and there are ways to still enjoy I love fashion I've no one loves fashion more than I do I'm not perfect but I've managed to move away from those very destructive behaviors and it is possible just the small changes add up and you know you know like I said some people would say that's not enough we have to totally reform everything but if each of us individually just get a bit better we're a hell of a lot further forward than we were before. We can all do something, whether it's like not using as much plastic or taking a refillable cup if you're going to get a coffee. Or all of these things, just small changes make big differences. Yeah, they do make big differences. 
That being said, I think there has been a lot of focus with fashion brands and the government to say, oh, well, consumers need to do better. We can do better, but legislation has to change. Brands have to be held accountable. I think companies need to realise, like, we as individuals, we're part of the problem, but we're not the problem. But there is things within our control as consumers. And when you start making those little changes, it is really empowering. And doing your podcast, I guess, like, you know, there's obviously you're working closely with clients and you're able to share your message with them intimately like that when you're, you know, helping them to to explore their own style and, and get them excited about wearing clothes and putting their own style together. And then on your social media, but then doing a podcast, that's that long form opportunity to get into the, the detail. Like you're saying, explain your, your passion for it in, in more detail. Yeah, absolutely. The great thing about our podcast, so I do my podcast with Ruth McGilp, who is arguably the queen of sustainable fashion in Edinburgh. I will happily give her the crown on that one. She's been doing this a lot longer than I am. But the great thing about the podcast is I have had to challenge myself so much and my own preconceptions about things. And I'm learning and we have the most amazing guests on but I'm happy to do that work so I can make it easier for everyday people. Like we don't all have time. I read books on ethical fashion all the time. I watch all the documentaries. I read all the news articles and people that are like, well, you just need to know more what's going on. That would be great. But there's only, we only have so many hours in a day. We can only focus our energy so much. And if I can make complex issues, just that bit more understandable for people then I'm really happy to do that yeah every day should be a school day I'm always saying this in this podcast like doing this podcast like you're educating me right this second and that is the joy of podcasting conversations and like yeah and not being scared to show up and go I don't know at all but if you are inviting people into the conversation and asking the questions then we can all learn that's great but I think it's that idea of like you don't want to seem that you're not as educated or that you don't understand the the extent of the problem it's like well it's okay to not know everything but like if you're willing to open your mind and learn definitely and there are some issues with ethical fashion in that sometimes I think the tone comes across as you just have to know all this you just have to be perfect it's the the whataboutery as well with ethical fashion for example veganism quite often clash people will be like well are you vegan do you fly I'm not perfect I'm not claiming to be perfect I'm just trying to make the world a bit better in the way that I can I feel like if we all try and fight for change in our own fields like I work in fashion so I'm working to make fashion better it doesn't mean that I'm not concerned about animal welfare but I would rather pass that mic to someone that kind of knows more what they're talking about like they fight that battle I'll support them but I'm here to do the little I can to try and improve the fashion system yeah that's the thing like it's almost like you could be silenced through like being scared to say anything because you're like oh well if I'm not the most clued up and I'm not flying the flag for everything that you know and I'm not shouting the loudest on every single subject then you know I should just stay quiet and it's like well no like like you're saying there are people that are experts in their field and you're happy to hand over the crown to them and let them do their thing and you'll root for them big time but we can't all know everything and it's just about doing like we were saying doing your bit and continuing to to learn and be open-minded yeah definitely and I think that's something that kind of put me off speaking up for the longest time when we first started doing the podcast I was like I don't know what I'm talking about I'm not an authority in this field I don't have a right to be telling people about this but you only need to know more than the person you're telling it to and as long as what you're saying is correct like everything we say we are looking at sources we're not just spraffing things off the top of our head as long as you have the evidence to support things and you're educating people that's fine and I think it was Michaela Loach it was someone on her Yikes podcast anyway which is amazing if you don't already listen to it but she was saying that we don't need to be creating new ideas like the best teachers aren't the ones who are coming with new ideas they're the ones who are reinforcing things that we might already know so it's just helping connect those dots for people being present I like to think when I pop up on someone's Instagram feed maybe for that day they feel a bit more thoughtful about where their clothes are coming from or they feel a bit more inspired about what they're wearing. It doesn't mean that I am some revolutionary who's going to change the fashion system, but I hope that I am 
contributing to that change? You are. You absolutely are. And that's why I messaged you. Because, like, I just got your vibe right away from... And, you know, and that's... There's a lot of work goes into it. It's clever marketing. Like, you're having to think about your content and what you're putting out. And, you're, and it's touching all bases. Like, I was... Um, I don't know if you've heard of Lucy Sheridan, the comparison coach. Mm. I did her um, Good Gram project or challenge. In fact, that's what it was called this week. And it was all about using your Instagram to to promote yourself and you know and usually I'm a bit like a bit skeptical of these things but my friend had sent it and actually her energy was great and she was saying you know I'm not going to be giving you all the analytics and funnels and all that's not what I'm about it's it's just um like be we're going back to that idea of like being more yourself and just putting your 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 best foot forward and not being scared to say like this is me and this is what I know and this is what I can offer and and like it's not putting yourself in a box, but it's absolutely just saying like um and you do it beautifully, I have to say, on, on your Instagram that you know it's just very much like this is you know, it's a clear message, this is what I do and this is what I can offer and this is what I know. Hopefully that'll be of use to you. Absolutely. And I'm totally aware with and fine that the fact that most of the people that follow me are not necessarily gonna buy my services or they're not gonna buy them today that's okay like they're so welcome to join the conversation that's a reality but you know it's great having people there and I feel like even if they're not buying my services they're still getting something from me but I'm getting from them as well like I learn on Instagram all the time I love the connection and then because that you know feeling is there that's when clients do come to me and that's the thing like you know like you're saying someone might be on your page and just enjoy watching your content but not hire you but they might send it to a pal or they might share it on their stories one day and it just takes one share or one person to say oh do you know I actually follow this this girl still by she's amazing like you should totally like contact her or do you know what I mean you just never know like who's who's seeing you so it's yeah it's just almost like like none of that time is is wasted like the energy and effort that you put into your brand because you're building a, a community of people that you you want to share your journey as well like this is a big deal this is your, your self-employed this is your thing you created this and it's lovely to feel that you're supported by a community whether or not they actually you know in terms of money support you totally and when I first launched the curated by Alice so the online personal shopping I, the, I feel like the people that bought it weren't necessarily the people I expected I thought there would maybe be some pals or acquaintances that were like oh yeah I want to support Alice I like what she's doing all of my clients so far have been people I have never met but who just follow me on Instagram and who have obviously liked what I'm doing and that is the best feeling for strangers to actually connect with what you're doing so much that they want to support your business financially like every time someone buys my service I get the same excited feeling I feel so happy to be connected with them and while I'm helping people by styling them like they help me too not just financially but I love doing this I love giving this service and I am discovering new brands all the time because I'm helping my clients I'm discovering new ways to put outfits together and when clients give you good feedback it's the best feeling like I had a a client send me videos today of her trying on the clothes that I had suggested she buy oh my god they were all perfect like me shopping vicariously through her was the best feeling because she looked incredible and just seeing her and thinking I did that I made you look that amazing (laughs) and the thing is like you're saying it's about empowering people and she with that client would have felt amazing and like the you'd be proud as bunch it's like almost like you're you know you're proteges you're like look what we've created and you can't put a price on that feeling when somebody feels confident and that you've helped them to do that like I know that from my job from teaching you know in that moment when somebody just gets it or there's a light bulb moment or you've made them feel like oh I can totally do this you know money can't buy that that's an amazing service to be able to offer to people and like you say you get so much of it out of it personally because you've built this from the ground up yeah exactly and I think that's something I would bring up when people say that oh fashion is just frivolous it doesn't matter like I had a client who was a one-to-one wardrobe consultation client and she was actually recovering from breast cancer and obviously me styling her like that didn't save her life the doctors did that but she said to me 
that me dressing her was the first time she felt like herself since she'd had surgery. So will people think, oh, you're just popping a scarf on her outfit? I wasn't. I was helping her find herself again. And like that made me so emotional to think that I had somehow contributed to her recovery in a way that most people would would not value but she found it so valuable she still tells me how many compliments she gets when she puts her outfits together that she wears them all the time and she looked amazing she was herself again that's amazing to be able to do that and I I guess because you've got that aspect of your business like curating it's very intimate you're you're working with someone one-to-one because you're taking the care and attention to get to know that person to understand what they like it's not like you were saying earlier on you're not just putting your style onto them you're very much going I'm here for you and the job is essentially to make you look good but I would I would say even more so to make you feel good 100% um there are people who are critical of personal styling which I totally get and not everyone is gonna book a personal stylist and I think in the past I would have been like, well, why is that a job? Like, who needs someone to dress them? Oh my God. But the links between style and psychology are so strong. Like what we wear shows how we're feeling. It conveys how we want to appear to the world, how you look on the outside. Being beautiful conventionally isn't important. But if you think you look good, you feel good. And that's a fact. And that differs for everyone. Like if I am wearing sweatpants and a hoodie, I feel like crap. I feel so self-conscious. I, I don't want anyone to look at me. I feel really anxious. But when I wear outfits that some people will be like, oh God, I can never wear that. People are going to stare at me. That's when I feel my best because I know people are looking at me and thinking, wow, she looks great. Or, you know, people smile at me all the time. I have we old ladies come up to me and be like, oh, your colourful outfits just made my day. Yeah, I love that stuff like that just evokes this emotion in other people so special it really is and it's a a form of like self-care to do something for yourself and if that is booking you for you know that service to have that moment then you know no one should be judged for that if you can afford that that's something that you need especially that person that was recovering from such a traumatic thing in their life like why would you deny anyone that joy and um yeah I think I'd, I'd written that down in my, my notes about some people's attitude towards fashion and it being frivolous. And it's not if it, it's like, you know, if you take yourself to the gym three times a week, if that's your time, if that's your thing you're into, or I don't know, you go for a massage once a month or you like to meditate every day, that putting on clothes and putting something together, an outfit together makes you feel good. Then it's not frivolous. It shouldn't be taken lightly. It's important to somebody. Yeah, I think something I'm really passionate about is separating fashion and style. I've been to Fashion Week and while I love the runways, there is a lot of the fashion cliches are real there and I have had not great experiences at Fashion Week. But when it comes to style, style is totally different. It was um, Chanel who said fashion fades, style is eternal and it's so true. And I think all this negativity we feel about how we look and what we should wear comes from the fashion system. It doesn't come from having style. And I guess most fashion designers, when, you know, wherever they get to in their career, you know, if we're talking about the the heights of like Chanel or like Alexander McQueen or whatever, you would like to think that they started because of their love for style and for design and for creating something and that yeah obviously going into the fashion world and then you know all the trappings of that and the negativities that maybe surround that are a, are a separate thing but when someone creates something from scratch like it's just out of pure joy and love and nurturing something that you've made I've made this yeah fashion is art and people often forget that I mean I will buy clothes that I maybe I'm not going to wear but they are literally art to me like I have this matador jacket that I do not wear that much but I will never get rid of it because I would literally hang it on my wall it is that beautiful like it's just exquisite and I think you know big fashion high-end fashion is so problematic there's loads of ethical issues but when you come down to the crux of what it is to be a fashion designer you're contributing to the zeitgeist you're creating this art you're inspiring people it's like that speech in devil wears prada when meryl streep's talking about the color of blue she's wearing like that's so true you know i grew up with a mum who loves 
clothes, loves styling her outfits. Like she's the most stylish person that I know. She loves putting her outfit together. She'll iron about five different outfits for a night out, you know, and she just loves it. And, you know, and it's important to her. And um, I've been massively inspired all my life because of how she has dressed herself throughout the years, throughout the decades. Are there particular people in your life or icons of style that you always kind of like gravitate towards or try to emulate? Yeah, I always describe my style as a combination of Marilyn Monroe and Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> Literally. Nailed it. They could not be further removed. But if you saw what I look like, you'd be like, that's exactly what she's doing. <laughs> Love it. Spot on. And do you look to media and do you look on the internet? Are you on Pinterest? Do you get lost in a rabbit hole? Where are you taking your influences from in order to help others style themselves? I think when it comes to clients, that's when I'll look more at Pinterest. I'll kind of have in my head what I want them to be wearing, but I'll look for example images to show that. But for myself, I feel like they mostly come from myself, which I hope isn't too big headed, but Instagram is huge for me. Like I follow people because I love their style. I am very drawn to certain eras. Like I love a little bit of 70s, kind of a twist on a pinup, some of the 80s patterns. I am not really swayed by trends anymore. And even high fashion I don't follow religiously again I think that's the reason why I thought well I can't work in fashion because I don't buy every issue of Vogue I'm not up to date with exactly what was in each designer's collection because it's overwhelming and again it comes back to fashion versus style but I don't know I think inspiration is literally everywhere for fashion and Colour is obviously a big part of my life. So a lot of my inspiration comes from colour theory, which is science. And the, the shapes of silhouettes that go together, dressing is a science as much as an art. It's absolutely fascinating. I could talk to you all day long about it. I just, I love your Instagram. I really do. I'm totally fangirling you. I'm like, love it. What's she wearing today? It's absolutely wonderful. But it's more than that, what would be deemed maybe frivolous of, here's a cute outfit. It's not all about that. And I think that's, you've nailed it in terms of your content, like I keep saying online, that um, it gives people permission to be to be part of that and, and think about what they're wearing and think about making maybe bolder, I'll put in vertical choices for themselves, like somebody in the street coming up to you and saying, oh, I love it. I would never have thought of putting that colour with that colour or wearing that skirt with that, but it totally works. You'll be inspiring people all the time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Love it, love it. So obviously COVID times, like you were saying, you're able to still continue, which is great. I love to hear it. But what you said to me at the start was that you've got more of a positive slant on what's happened in the last year. And I want to hear that because it seems like it's all doom and gloom. And I'm not saying that when you're looking for the positivity that you're not recognising the devastation that's been caused. But it's lovely to hear that someone has been able to thrive and that they have been able to see that silver lining. So tell me more about that. Yeah, 100%. So I totally acknowledge the severity of the situation. And I am like so vigilant about the following the rules and all that. I come down really hard on that. So I'm not undermining that at all. But for me, the whole COVID situation, I guess, was kind of the final push for me to make my business a reality. I first started, you know, styling editorial shoots and working with customers on wardrobe consultations in March. So my business is really new. And at that time, I was still living with my parents. I was still working part time in that retail job. And a lot of factors just kind of came together that meant in August time, I was able to move to Edinburgh. Um, I'd lived in Edinburgh before and it's my favourite city in the world. Um, And being in Edinburgh has been essential for my business. Like even though I'm not seeing customers face to face, just being in a city is so important for, you know, being involved in fashion. And I think the, the whole lockdown situation has really got people rethinking where they're spending their money, who they're giving their money to, what they own and how they're consuming, which all of that is amazing for the ethical fashion movement. It's also amazing for me. It means that people are being more considerate about what they're buying and 
they maybe didn't buy as much over lockdown and they've realized oh I don't I don't need to buy a new dress every week maybe instead I can find ways to work with what I've got or they've realized that following your conventional influencers weren't making them happy they were making them feel worse so they're looking for people like me that are maybe offering a different perspective so all of that has been amazing for my business like there's definitely been hard moments I um, my boyfriend for example we couldn't see each other for the longest time because of lockdown and that was rubbish there was definitely moments when I was like I'm not going to make enough money doing this and I do have a wee part-time job I'll be very open about that and I was like oh I don't know like why am I trying to set up a business during an actual pandemic who does this why am I moving cities in an actual pandemic who does this but it's all worked out and I think it comes back to that being really aligned to what I'm doing I think kind of just before um, all this happened I was considering going back into the the media industry and I was interviewing for marketing jobs and could have done them but they just weren't quite right and then I was like why are these not working out why am I not getting these jobs I'm so qualified for but all of that has worked out amazingly in my favor because I've managed to do something that is my passion that's what I was going to say. It's passion led, so that's why it's working because you are putting everything, every fibre of your being into it because you love it. And those people that you're working with love it too. It's a viable business. And like that that idea of pausing on lockdown, like we've all just had a moment to think like, yeah, we've probably be, been conditioned to think that you need to keep buying and need to keep consuming. And and yeah, I think that just that pause has been really instrumental for so many people, but also for so many businesses to actually thrive, which is, which is amazing to hear. So I'm delighted. Someone is actually doing well. Great. Yeah, it's tough times for everyone, but there are people doing good things. And that's why I'm so happy that people are, are wanting to use my services because these um, ethical fashion companies that are trying to do things a bit differently they deserve to have customers and the more people I can connect with these businesses who are doing things differently the better. Well yeah that's the thing you're not just like standalone you're then supporting all these businesses that are you know are amazing like you're saying and you're alerting people to the fact that they exist because on your Instagram or wherever you get your information or Pinterest or whatever you're only going to see so much and you're not necessarily going to find all these wonderful brands that exist within your country within you know or, or globally that you could be accessing so that, that you are like the mouthpiece for them you're supporting so many people other than just like yourself and your brand. I hope so. I mean, that makes me sound very important and I'm not sure I am. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been going for. The more I can help connect people to great brands, the more I can help people ignite their love of what they wear, find their own style, the more I can get people to question their consumption habits, then I know I'm onto a good thing. You know, there's so much joy in just supporting other people that, you know, I do that through the podcast um everyone that's came on the podcast is whether they like it or not is part of the clan it's part of the community and see if I see something that I think you'll like or if I think there's a job that you know that someone would be totally perfect for and they're looking for it I will send you a link it's not a lot of effort we all need to support especially in these times like I think we've all learned like that sense of community really needs to kick in big time we all need to support each other and there, there's room for everybody it's not a competition yeah, 100%. I think going back to the sort of naughty's paradigm of fashion and kind of across everything, really, I was always preconditioned to see other women as a threat. And it wasn't preconditioned by anyone specific. No one was telling me that, oh, you have to beat all these other women. But that was very much how I felt. And I feel like social media has connected me with a lot of like-minded women. And even in the style circles, like I wasn't totally confident about how to do something. So I just messaged another fashion stylist I know in Edinburgh. And in theory, she didn't have, didn't have to get back to me. Like I could potentially be taking clients from her, but she didn't view it like that. She was like, oh, well, have you tried this? You should just do this. And I will always try and help people in the same way. Like I'm not saying I can give you my full service for free, but if so someone messages me with a style question or they aren't sure about something or they want pointed in the right direction I'm always happy to give that advice yeah it's really important that you know I've learned that throughout my career like 
you, you're not going to get very far if you're just like, you know, like what they used to do at school and put your arm around your work, like don't copy me. And it's not about that. It really is just supporting other people and, and what they're doing, especially, you know, in terms of passion projects, someone who's putting themselves out there and putting everything into what they're doing. Yeah, that's what the Broad and the Brave is about. It's about celebrating passion and people, the people behind it. So yeah, um, I'm delighted that you're now part of the clan, Alice. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I feel like I just need you as my personal cheerleader, like set you as my alarm in the morning. You got this. <laughs> Listen, that might be my new business idea. <laughs> you just check in with me at a certain time of the day where you need just like a, a Lisa pick me up. I used to be a cheerleader. I used to be a professional cheerleader, so I could get myself a set of palms. I'm not sure I would fit into the hot pants anymore, but I mean, we could work on that. I'm sure you could style an outfit for me that would be more, 100%. you know, aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> yeah, definitely something in that. I think we all need people to be our cheerleaders. And I think that's how my clients feel a lot of the time is it's a bit like when I had a personal trainer, he was just my personal trainer, but I would still message him about stuff. He was concerned about my overall well-being. And I'm not an agony amp, but if my clients have things going on or I'm happy to talk about stuff, and it's amazing how quickly these things come out when you're going through someone's wardrobe because it's not in isolation how people feel about themselves has so much to do with so many other factors and I love that I can help people in my own way without replacing a therapist of course but you know there's there's things that I feel like I'm helping people with yeah, there's so much value in that. It really is. I think it's. I think it's great what you're doing. I'm and I'm delighted to to see that you're doing so well. And um, yeah, I'm excited to see what you go up to next. I'm always waiting on those those uh, those wonderful videos that you create. I think they're awesome. I'm needing I'm needing to take some tips for you. I'm not I'm not quite there. But I did my first reel the other day there, which I was well chuffed at. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan of reels. I know they can be a bit silly and I like to think people realize I'm not taking myself too seriously. Like they are over dramatic. They are all about the facial expressions and the pointing. That's just the fun and the convention of a reel and general feedback is that people like them and I think they're a great way to show personality like as much as I love posting photos on my feed that they're amazing photos and the colors are popping and the outfits on point I like to kind of give people something that shows that I don't take myself too seriously I'm not one of those fashion people I want to just you know be a bit more light-hearted about it I love it. I love it. Now, Alice, I didn't tell you about this, but I do a thing called the thingamabobs, and it's just to get to know my guests even even better. So I have selected a few questions for you if you would indulge me. Okay. Okay, so first one. If you could switch lives with anyone for a day, dead or alive, by the way, who would it be? It would be Iris Apfel. She is... <gasps> she is my ultimate style icon she is a prime example of just being yourself and I think she's had a really interesting life I watched a documentary on her she's very much her own person she is an amazing Nick for what is she 98 or something I yeah I would love to be able to go through her wardrobe I am very confident when I'm 98 that's going to be my vibe I just love the way she dresses I love she is a true maximalist. So I always describe my style as being a maximalist, which is the opposite of a minimalist. But she really just cranks that up a notch. And oh, I love her so much. <laughs> that documentary where she was going into that shop and she was just putting a bajillion bangles on and like she couldn't get any more bangles in her arms. And she was just like, yeah, yeah, this, this, is, this is me today. And that house of hers, like it was just like a pure museum. Yeah, I mean, it don't don't watch it if clutter freaks you out. But yeah, she's just amazing. She's the opposite of you know Chanel was obviously one of the pioneers of fashion, and Coco Chanel was incredible. But her vibe was very much take the last thing off that you put on, and Iris is like add two more. So <laughs> I love it. I know absolutely. I've, I actually want to watch that documentary again. It's been a while since I've watched it. Love that. That was a great answer. Spot on. You're very on brand. Like you when you said that, I was like yes, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, can you finish this sentence? When I was wee, I... I guess when I was wee, I was actually very underconfident, which I think might surprise people with how chatty I am now. But I think I really struggled to kind of find my vibe, to find like the right friends for me, to find what made me passionate. And I sometimes look back at little Alice and I'm like, oh, I wish you could see who you grow up to be because it's a very different person, but it's who was always in there all along. Perfect answer. Okay, here's one. 
if you could read the costume department of any film or any artist, like musical artist, who would it be or what, what film would it be? Hmm, I think there's a lot about Lady Gaga that I love, which is probably really predictable. Like maybe not the meat suit, but there's so many things. She's my height as well, which gives me hope. So Really? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like I could borrow her clothes quite easily. Oh, yeah. But anything extravagant and over the top, and I am there. Oh, actually, Emily in Paris, which is a trashy TV show, but her outfits are amazing, although she's definitely not my size. Um, you know, going back to the days of Ugly Betty, like just any of your classic like fashion looks, I would love to just wear something like that. I often think I wish I could be this massive pop star because the way, like what they wear to perform in is kind of what I would just love to wear like I love the sort of rhinestone bodysuit and crazy boots I love just like over the top extravagant John Galliano type pieces but even in my most extra moments I'm still aware that I kind of have to vaguely toe the line like I don't know if I could go down Princess Street in a sparkly bodysuit and nothing else but you know. get that matador cape on Alice get it on <laughs> the world needs more of that and the question that I ask everybody at the end of the podcast is called the bra and the brave. Is what is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Hmm. I guess what's for you won't go by you is probably very applicable to my life. So I'm going to say that. That's one that I use on a regular basis. What's for you'll no go by you. And you are the, the epitome of that. You Everything that has led you here has been so important. And all those times that you'd have felt like you were a bit lost or, like, you know, what what's going to happen? Like, look at you now. Like, you're just doing amazingly. And it definitely the passion rings through. Like, I can tell how much you love what you do. And um, I, I just wish you all the best for moving forward. Thank you so much. That means the world. And I will absolutely put all the links in the show notes, Alice, so everyone can find you and go and listen to your wonderful podcast as well. And um, no, thank you for joining the Brown the Brave clan. Thank you for having me. I feel like we're far more stylish now that you're on board. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brown the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.